get a good one. <clears throat> yo, 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 it's your man's Big Daddy Roughneck. You're tuned into the Gary Brugman Podcast. Prepare to be entertained. Hello, America. Hello, Texas. Welcome back to episode 98 of the Gary Brugman Podcast. Man, it's been a great week. I got my buddy Big Daddy Roughneck here with me today. I got a special guest, Jeremy Harrell. It's going to be a great show, so y'all make sure you hold on to something tight because we're going to be bouncing off all kinds of guardrails today. So, let's get to it. What's up, Roughneck? Same shit, different day. One day at a time, though. I hear you. Got you, you just got to come out of the freaking woodwork cursing, don't you? Right on the damn show. Just same shit, different day. You remember when we started and you said, no, nah, no, nah, there's no restrictions. And you <laughs> took the chains off of the roughneck's mouth. I remember, remember that? that. I remember that. <laughs> so we got Jeremy Harrow here with us now. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, what's up, y'all? How you doing? Thank Glad you for, to be here with you. Thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for joining us. Um, Today's going to be a good show. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is take two because I had technical difficulties. <laughs> but we seem to be yeah, rolling yeah. right along right now. It, it, it's not the first guardrail we've hit on the show. Ain't that right, TJ? Won't be the last, brother. Right? Tell me about it, man. So there's a lot going on in the world today. Um, the world, the whole entire world is upside down. Um, we don't know if what they're feeding us on the media is true. Um, we got... People going overseas just to help other people. I tell you what, the goodness in the world is coming out. But before we get into all that, because we're going to talk about all of that, um, I need to dedicate this podcast. So while I was at SHOT Show back in January, I met a guy by the name of uh, Chad Mills. He's a retired Fort Worth uh, police officer. And uh, he was also a Blackwater contractor, which is why I'm wearing the shirt. And we got to talking, and we actually... That shirt's a nice shirt. It is, that isn't is it? a nice shirt. I like the paw print. <laughs> and um, I, got, uh, I got to talking with him, and we have a lot of people in common, because, you know, I know a lot of Fort Worth cops, and he was like, you know him, you know him? And, and dude, it, it's like me and this guy knew each other forever, man. And he was just down here in San Antonio last week. I got, uh, I got to hang out with him, and I brought Angry Kev to hang out with him, too. So, hey, yeah, yeah so we Kev, have, how's he doing? He's good. He's good. So he was Still telling angry? me, say that, say again. <laughs> Still angry. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always. So he was telling me a story. Uh, my, my buddy, Chad Mills in Vegas was telling me a story and, you know, we started exchanging war stories, border patrol, Fort Worth police, the whole that. And he was telling me that about his partner that got, uh, killed in the line of duty up in, uh, Fort Worth. Back in uh, his end of watch was uh, September 14th, 2018, and his name was Garrett Hall. Garrett Hall. That was my buddy Chad Mills' uh, best friend, his partner for many years, badge number 3105. 3105. So I decided that this episode I'm going to dedicate to him, Fort Worth Police Officer Garrett Hall, badge number 3105, and the watch 914, 2018. Thank you for your service, brother. Thank you for everything and um this podcast is for you this episode in its entirety is for you so moving Salute. on oh yeah so so garrett i'm opening up this fresh bottle of uh whiskey pig here and your old partner chad hall would appreciate it because he told me it was good <laughs> i got this from my buddy jeremy chestnut it's a whistle pig and um this one's for you garrett would say that's a 10-year Ten year, yes, sir. All right, it's a good bottle. Check it out. Got a little old Forester single barrel for it. What? Roger that. Forester, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh God, that's good. Oh, that's delicious. Burns so good, doesn't it? Let me turn it around. This is a good bottle. Let me turn it around so I can look at it. Sometimes I miss drinking. (laughs) <laughs> well, you need to behave yourself because, you know, you know. Right. I'm fighting why. cancer over here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. And winning. And winning. Oh, boy. So we have um, Jeremy Harrell from Kentucky. And Jeremy, welcome to the show. 
Hey man, thanks for having me. I've uh, I, I love the content. I love the opportunity to talk to you two tonight, man. It's uh, I really appreciate what you do and, and how you tell the truth and keep it real. And I'm just glad to be here in conversation with y'all. We appreciate you coming on, and you need to deal with this one thing while we're on here because for some reason when I get on the podcast, <laughs> I tend to stutter. So, <laughs> so live with it. But uh, you're you're a veteran, uh, an an army veteran, and um. And uh, how how long were you in the army? Yeah, man. So I was a, I was in the army for nine years. Uh, served in Iraq, o three o four initial invasion. Uh, got medically retired out, uh, and then tried to do that. Try to do that whole corporate thing. Uh, just wasn't for me. I just missed serving so much, and uh, and I just found I just found a new way to serve to continue to serve. You know, I couldn't play in the game anymore, but I could find new ways to help my brothers and sisters. Uh, and, and also, also my brothers and sisters in blue, right. Um, Roger that. cause they do, they do that job every day. They're on deployment every day. And so, uh, so, you know, we, we do what we can to help them overcome some struggles to, to, to just be in connection with each other and to, uh, to bring out the realities of what it's like to be protectors in this country. Roger that, that's wow. true, man. It, it, it all goes, it all goes hand in hand. So you said you got med- medically, uh, retired out. What happened to you, bro? If you don't mind. Yeah, man. So, so part of that, uh, a lot of that was mental health, you know, just some, just some struggles, uh, that I had, uh, you know, working in enemy prisoner of war camps, um, you know, Oof. just, just, uh, just really, really changed, really changed who I was, had a, had a hard time coming home, uh, trying to adjust and, and man, I still, I mean, that was, you know, I, I come home in 04 from Iraq and, and I'm still, uh, working through some things. You know, that stuff that, that we experience over there in, in the same way with law enforcement on the road every day, stuff you experience, it just it, you, you can be taken out of that environment, but it never really leaves your head. You know what I mean? And so, um, that, that, you know, so that's that's uh, one of the ways I got traumatic brain injury. Uh, also, and some physical, you know, some some physical injuries with my, my spinal cord, things like that. But, uh, you know, just I know uh, all just about that, of, one, brother. Part of doing business, you know, part of doing do. business for, for the U.S. But, uh, man, I thought it was the worst part of my life, to be honest. And then I recognized that uh, what I do now, my ability to help so many others. I mean, we, you know, we're serving about 6,000 veterans that we know of uh, in the region. But, but over the course of the United States, I mean, who knows? Um, I'm, I'm much more impactful uh, doing it this way than being a cog in a wheel in the big army, right? You know, the army's exactly. big. I miss serving, but, but man, I wouldn't change anything if I knew it would lead me to where I'm able to do this every day now uh, for those who continue Beautiful. to serve. Yeah. So right now, what's your organization now? What is, what is it exactly that you're you're doing for veterans? Because we wanted to talk yeah, man, so, about that on the show. Yeah, yeah. So in 2017, I had this, uh, as I was you know overcoming some challenges, I would go to these different places to try to get some help. Um and I kept hearing veterans talking about how, you know, I don't necessarily miss the job, but I do miss the connection. Right. I do miss the camaraderie. And I just thought there's no reason we have to do that. That just because we don't wear the uniform doesn't mean we can't get together. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and support one another. So when I got back from Kentucky, I decided to start this organization called veterans club. It's a, it's a generic name, but I did that on purpose. I wanted it to be uh, a place where, where people could remember the name and where they would come and, and uh, we can break bread together. We can uh, be in community together. And uh, and it was such a need that we ended up having to become a nonprofit. You know, we started off as a social group. The idea was to get, you know, five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten veterans together every so often to just just hang out, just support each other. But, man, it turned into a, uh, a big deal where now, you know, four years later, you know, we're nationally recognized for what we do. We have people calling from all over. We're doing documentaries. We're doing uh, stuff on TV um, because we've figured out that it's the common sense approaches to helping each other versus these big 30,000 feet views. Right. So uh, just being together, going to the range, having coffee together. Right. We, you know, we're a big proponent of black rifle and veterans love going to the range. Let me tell you, you know, and, and I find that really amazing is, you know, veterans actually, like you said, they suffer from PTSD and and all the, all the jars of war. Right. But when it comes to unloading, you know, you get down range, it, it brings out their spirit. It's, it's like, that's what it's yeah. like. A heart, the, the gunfire is actually like a heartbeat to them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you get it, man. That's exactly right. Because that's one thing we don't ever forget, right? It's like right. riding a bike. 
and uh, and and through the range because people used to judge me. You know, they'd be like, "Why would you? Go, why would you have an event at a range when some of these vets that you're dealing with have issues with uh, with trauma and things like that?" And I'm like, "Because for, number one, it's a controlled environment. Number two, this is what they're good at. This is going right. to build confidence, right? This is what is going to kind of remind them of who they are, their identity." And so uh, we do that, and we also have a, a, a equine facilitated mentoring program. So we work with horses. Uh, that's what we're most known for is using horses as a way to, uh, to to get over some of these challenges we face. You know, we teach horsemanship skills. We have clinics. Uh, but, man, we, we you know, veterans and, and first responders alike, they like to be hands on. They like to uh, learn a skill. They like to, to do things, man. And so our program's different in that way. We're very hands on. We, we, you know, and we work through a lot of challenges together out there, uh, you know, just peer to peer, just taking care of each other, doing life together is our motto. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good organizations out there and uh, I appreciate them all. One, one of the ways we wanted to be different though is, is it doesn't end when you leave the event, right? We're, we're, we're a family, man. Like right. outside of the IRS, IRS is formal, right? But outside of that, we're just, we're just a big family. And so we, we take care of each other seven days a week. So uh, man, we have other states, you know, I, I'm going to get to Texas soon, believe that, because I know, I know there's opportunities big there. Uh, but a lot of states are calling and saying, hey, how can we bring something like this to, to our state? And so it's just been, it's just been and, and really, it's not like I'm a special flower. I'm not like super highly intelligent that I just come up with this great plan. We just stuck to the basics. We right. just, we just, you know, spent time together. And, and we hung out you together. You know, you were saying about veterans getting together. Um, I'm in San Antonio, as you know, this is military city, you know, that's, that's right. Yeah. Military city. And, and, and not only that, we've had all the big veteran companies move here, warfighter tobacco, grunt style, black rifle coffee, you know, I mean, every, everything, practically everything's here now. And, um, I've been blessed to be able to go hang out with, you know, the warfighter tobacco guys that it's three miles yeah. down the road from me. So I'm always there for oh. the freedom friends podcast. And, and, um, and, for the Freedom Friends podcast on Monday night, smoking some cigars, drinking some whiskey. And it's our own little group. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. everybody's welcome, but it's just, you know, they got the shop, they work, and they do the podcast. And I'm three miles away. So that's that's my, that's the way I get it. And um, Home base. Home base, yeah. That's yeah. it. You know, it's, it's HQ, yeah. bro. It's HQ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, you know, some of the like, you know, I'm I'm not trying, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to knock on the VA or whatever. You know, we, we do a lot with the VA, but but they overthink a lot of these things, man. It's just it's just really about getting together, you know, that banter with each other, just hanging out, whether it's drinking, you know, or coffee, you know, like Black Rifles sent me almost two thousand dollars worth of coffee. They've been showing love to the organizations. Wow. We drink, we, we've almost drank it all, and we haven't had it just a little over a month. I mean, wow. we drank some coffee, but uh, but man, just just those little things mean a whole lot. And I think that's what some of these bigger organizations have been missing is they, they're focused too much on the big picture instead of just being on in the trenches with these people, right. like being in the trenches and just working through things together. And so we've been able to keep that mentality as we've grown. I'm, I mean, for example, four years, we've had 950 events. I've been to every one of them, but 10. I've been to all but 10, right? And we've had 330 uh, equine program sessions. I've been to every one of those. And that's why we've established these relationships. I'm not just a guy with a title. I'm their brother. Right. I'm in, I'm in the, I'm in the battle with them. And that, and that's what means the most, right. To have that trust. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And, and you know, that, what that, that command leadership, man, you know, that, that's somebody to look towards, you know? So, yeah. and, and that's, and that's, what's important when they got somebody to turn to, you know, whether it be you, whether it be somebody else, it's just somebody that they can look, turn towards that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, man, I tell them, you know, I'm like, I don't ever want y'all to get the wrong idea that I have it all figured out. You know what I mean? Right. I'm in this barn with you because I don't, I need y'all. And, and you, you know, just as much as you think, maybe you need us. Like I need you all. Uh, we need to do this together. And, uh, and, you know, I never, I, I'm a, I'm an NCO at heart. Right. So I'm a boots on ground kind of guy anyway. And that's the way I lead. And uh, in fact, there was a, there was a full bird colonel. He was retired. He was, he was wanting to be part of our organization early on. And uh, he would get frustrated because he would say, you know, you're, you're running this like a Sergeant first class. And I'll say, good. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, <it. laughs> that's, that's not an insult. That's good. 
thanks for the compliment, you know, but right. it's all about being where the people are, man. And, and that's what we do. We just, we just are in a relationship with one another and we just keep growing it. And it's it great uh, when they try to insult you and actually compliment you, you know, yeah, yeah. like, I, I think, face, I think, thank you. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't ready for that response. I guess he thought that maybe I'd go, Oh, you know, you're right. I'm like, oh, that's the best compliment I've ever received. I appreciate that. That's exactly what I was shooting for. Right. But, uh, <laughs> uh he's, he's calmed down a little bit. But uh, I think he's starting to come around now that he sees the success and 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 the the impact that we've had. But uh, but no, man, I just you know I just I never wanted to get out. I had to get out, and I thought, how else can I be close to that life without actually being in there? And uh, and then I recognized that you know so many of us are coming home. We're we're dying more at home than we did across the pond. You know, right. so I thought you know we're so focused. Uh, on this other stuff, we need to be focused on this real pandemic, right? The real pandemic is veteran suicide, right? And so, uh, so that's, I was, I was screaming that the whole time our governor in Kentucky was, you know, driving around talking about stay inside and social distance. And I was over here like, yeah, but uh, don't, don't hurt your buddies. <laughs> yeah. 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 The buddy I mean, you're, yeah. You're giving, you're giving people uh, a justifiable reason to isolate, which we know, uh, is a killer in our community, right? Isolation is the killer. So uh, I don't know if he liked that. I didn't really ask him. And, and the good thing is, is I don't have a boss, you know? So I just kind of went behind him and said, Hey, so, you know, but, but stay in contact with us, man. And we still, you know, even, even during the pandemic, the height of it in 2020, we still had close to a hundred events that year in person for veterans. I mean, I told the line, I was, I was willing to take whatever came. But uh, I don't want I don't want guys dying uh, over over something that you may or may not get. And so it was my responsibility to do that. And in fact, Senator Rand Paul, who follows our work closely, because uh, he's also a Kentucky guy, right? He uh, he he he, you know, he brought us up to Congress and said, if you want to see an organization who stays true to the mission even during times of COVID and still are effective, these are the these are the the guys. So really cool, man. We just. It's just really just common sense approaches to these things, and uh, it's made all the difference. You know, you know what, um, Jeremy? I don't want to interrupt you, but you just spiked something in my memory. And um, yeah, one of my brother's Mikey Fahey. He's a Marine, and he's one of my he's one of my freedom friends. And uh, he put out a video of the day from a uh, email that they got, and it's it's just that it's about veterans' suicide, and it's about it's about four minutes long. If you don't mind, I actually want to play it. So see if, yeah, I can, yeah. see, see if I can get this up here. It's going to be audio only. So those of you uh, watching have to look at our pretty faces while you hear this. So, <laughs> so let me see if I get this. Received an email right, yesterday. What's up, everybody? Mikey with Freedom Friends here. Uh, well, this isn't going to be a comfortable conversation. We received an email yesterday from a gentleman named Tito. And I'm going to read it to you because this is part of a larger conversation about what our show and us as individuals and us as a community is really all about. And I wanted to, which is kind of what you're, you and I are doing here. Share this. Yeah, with absolutely. You guys, the fans of freedom friends, and maybe some of you who maybe need to hear this thing, this, this particular story, just without further ado, I'm going to get into it. It says, I apologize in advance for the long email, but I'm struggling at the moment and I need to get it all out. I guess at the moment I'm buddy checking myself because I failed one of my buddies. I'm sorry, my friend. I've known you since we were both young enough to not know our asses from a dirty hole in the middle of a sandbox. We were brothers, co-workers, and friends. I'm sorry I didn't have your six like I should have. I got eyes on the ones you leave behind and will defend them to the best of my ability, as I know you would have if you were still here. This is my promise. And he goes on to say, Mikey, this one goes out to you. My brother Jay may have been your biggest fan. He was an avid listener of the show, as am I. We may have visited bars together that you used to work at the same way women who want to go to some restaurant they saw on Food Network. Even though we never made our way to Texas or to Baltimore, laughing my ass off, he says. We always felt like you were our people. So thank you, first and foremost, for being a voice I listen to twice a week that helps me stay sane. I recently got a new job and lost touch with Jay while acclimating to it. I had to leave working in corrections behind as I could tell it was bad for my mental health. I urged Jay to do the same, and I kept telling myself that once things settled down, I would reach out and have him over for a beer. But sometimes tomorrow was too late. 
Last night, Jay lost his battle with that spicy nostalgia we know as PTSD. And now the world has one less ranger, an all-around fucking good dude in it. I want all of you to know that your voices, mediocre as they may be, and they are mediocre, are the only thing that makes some <laughs> of us out here feel like we aren't as fucked up as we all know we actually are. Please ask everyone, every single freedom friend out there, make sure you're doing your buddy checks today. Because tomorrow might be one day too late. And he goes on to say, please shed a single tear and raise a beer to Jay. As we're doing that, imagine some scrawny ginger fuck telling you to go eat a dick <laughs> because that's just who he was. Freedom the fuck on, everyone. Your listener friend and someone who tries to be a fucking good dude. And we know you do, Tito. Now, that's a difficult situation that a lot of us in the community have had to deal with. Losing a friend, a brother, someone close to us, someone we served with, someone we worked with. And you don't have to be a veteran to have this kind of pain. This is a universal issue throughout the patriotic and veteran community. We, we talk about all the time how push-ups don't save lives. And we're all aware that there's a problem. The biggest part is how do we fix it? And what we like to preach here on the show between myself, John, Scott, and Jazz, and Dave, when he's here, stop bearding, is that buddy check system, you know? Instead of doing 22 push-ups, send 22 text messages. Take 22 minutes out of your day to call somebody. That alone could save a life. Collectively, as a show, we're, we're feeling this one, you know? One is too many. So I encourage all of you out there, whether you're, a listener of the show, or someone who just found us, or someone who just happens to see this pop up on their feed. Call your friends, especially your strong ones. Not all of them are always okay. You know, the guys that you think, and girls, the guys and gals that you think are just the rock, the strong ones. Sometimes they're struggling, and they're trying to stay strong for everybody else, so they don't get a chance to actually say, I need help. And all of us do. So, Jay, I'll raise one up to you. Tito, thank you very much. Smoke on, drink on. God damn it. Free the, the fuck, fuck on. on. Take care. <laughs> What's up, everybody? So I wanted to play that for you because I got that this morning. And ironically, we scheduled this podcast today. So I think it works yeah. aside because, you know, I, I agree with him. <clears throat> Doing push-ups for the cause. Hey, you know what? what fantastic, <clears throat> you know. But honestly, I'm all push-up out, <laughs> you know. And I reached out to a bunch yeah. of my buddies today after I saw this, and I sent it to, to Roughneck down there, and um, and I sent it to everybody else. Just you know, reach out, and that's what that's what you that's what you and Veterans Club are there for. Yeah, man. You know that he made a man. I love I love to hear it, and I hope I keep hearing it more. I love what he said, but it, you know, like push-ups aren't going to do it. Right. T-shirts aren't really going to do it, right? Like. Uh, I was in a meeting one time and this, uh, with, with, it was a bunch of organizations together and I was still kind of young and new. At, and so I was kind of the, the small guy at the time. And, and this bigger organization says, you know, we need a million dollars to raise awareness for veteran suicide. And I thought you need a, and I, I thought, and then I said, huge number. I said, yeah, I said, you need a million dollars to advertise a problem. <laughs> like we know, we, yeah. we know the problem. We need a million dollars to prevent it. Exactly. You know, right. They didn't like, they didn't like that. Right. Because they don't, I was like, everybody knows that that's a problem. Like what take the million and create programs, opportunities, bring in experts to, to help try to mitigate it. Right. You know I mean? So I'm not a big awareness guy. And, and, and before he got in trouble, I, I did a show with Chris Cuomo, right? Chris Cuomo primetime before right. he did what he did. Or at least that uh, and, and that concludes this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's probably been doing it forever. But anyway, nonetheless, man, I, I told him, I said, you know, awareness uh, without a solution is just advertising a problem. And, uh, and, and I believe that, man, we have to do, we have to be actionable in how we overcome these things. And, and you don't need, like he said, you don't have to be a psychologist and you don't have to be you know, uh, some, somebody with an alphabet after your name, you just have to be a dude that cares. You just have to be a brother who, who wants to call. Like I always say, our campaign is who's your one. Like I'll say, who's your one that you call and check on. And if everybody has their one, then we're all covered. So no, I really liked what he said, man. That was really good. It was powerful. And it's, it's the reality. We, we got to do more than just 
say, hey, veteran suicide is a certain number and let's do push-ups for it. Uh, we have to really go out and, and do some work, you know? So that's what we try to do. We try to prevent it, not just react to it, right? So, um, yeah, so I like it. It's so hard to reach out, though. <clears throat> You know, speaking from experience, you know, that I resisted to reaching out, you know, for so long until things were just a big shit show. But, but just that reaching out is a huge step. And and, yeah. and I've I've been there. I mean, you remember last year I told you or two years ago, I forgot when it was one. I'm, I'm on a podcast talking about veteran suicide. And a week later, I'm sitting in the corner crying, contemplating, writing a note. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. And um, how quick it happens. Yeah. And, and, but you know, one thing that helped me is, you know, I'm, I'm a big God guy. I'm a big Christian guy and God sent me a text, you know, yeah. literally, literally my phone went off and I looked at my phone and it was my Bible app. And it says, put your trust in the Lord and all your problems, your Proverbs five, uh, five, three, eight. And I was like, you're sending me a text seriously, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I, yeah. so I, so I gathered up my shit, put my big boy panties on, took a shower and went about my day, you know, I mean, I, I'm lucky I was able to overcome that situation. But, I, you know, just not recently, I was talking to Roughneck and I'm like, you know, last year, um, I got my pardon in December of 20. And life was good. I was taking care of my mom. I was a caretaker. She had some bladder cancer. And then I got hit with COVID, bro. I got traked. I almost died. I spent 53 days in a hospital. Uh, I was on a vent for 17 days and my mom passed away while I was on a vent. And when I came out, I came out running. I got to get better. And I wanted to keep my mind off of everything that had just happened. And, you know, I was out there shooting and doing events and going places. And I was telling Roughneck just recently, it's all starting to hit me, man. My mom died, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I've been pretty much down in the dumps and I, I've got great opportunities. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a licensed bodyguard. I got, I got people wanting me to go to their real estate team I, I, I just landed a, 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 a 70 plus grand a year job that I just started, but I didn't want to do any of it. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't have the hustle. And I was telling TJ, I'm like, he's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to do shit. This, this, this working for a living, some whole shit. <laughs> working for a living, some whole shit. I don't want to do it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one traffic jam and one bad day away from selling pictures of my feet on the internet. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I think but you might reached good, out. I made it, yeah, I think you made a good point because uh, it, it isn't what we have or don't have that makes the difference. You know, some people think that if you have everything that you want, then uh, you should be happy and uh, you, you should never feel that way. We look at people like Robin Williams and, and, uh, and folks like that who had everything they could ever could want it, but once you have all that you can get, then what else is going to fill that hole, right? And so, mm -hmm. uh, Gary, I, I think you nailed it, man, because uh, it wasn't until I got right with God that 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 I recognized where the real healing come from, right? Right. Everything else, everything else was short term, exactly. And I would always find myself back in the same hole again. It wasn't until I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to trust you because you are you are perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm a sinful dude that deserves death. I'm going to trust you. And man, when I started, it's, it didn't make it easier. Like, I, I want to make that clear to everybody. It didn't make life easier, but I understood it more. And I understood that, you know, this ain't about me. Our, this life isn't about us. And so we talk about that in our programs uh, because I tell them, you know, and, and, and sometimes there's, there's, a, there's an issue uh, with, with Christianity and a, the veteran community or law enforcement community uh, because, you know, some people are like, well, where was God when all this happened? Right. Where was right. God when I lost my buddy? Uh, right. And, a, and also like the, in times of war, where's God when all this was happening? Yeah. We're in the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I say, hey, you know, God told us there will be sin. Right. Uh, but 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 then there's God. And so, you know, we don't live for this world. But, man, I think I think you're right on the money about that. It's it's about uh, at any moment. You, you can get feeling like that. I, I was in some some real bad pain. I just had to go through some procedures and pain will send you there fast, right? Like chronic pain. Uh, and I've never had like chronic pain, but for about five months, uh, I had chronic pain, severe pain every day. And man, I was just really going, I can end this pain, you know, like I can end this pain in a heartbeat. Um, but man, I think, I think with suicide, it just really transfers that pain to those that we leave behind, but, but no, man, it's, it's definitely something that, that we have to always keep on the forefront until it's not there anymore. 
right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a misnomer that only when you're only when you're uh, down and out, only only when you're you don't have anything or you lose a job or something bad in your ha- life happens, then you decide that start contemplating suicide. But I've been really happy and still wanted to do that at times. Right. Um, so that's that's why I know it's bigger than just circumstance, right? And uh, yeah, and that's exactly how it rolls, man. It's exactly what you said. There's there's a there's a focus point that you have to keep pushing towards in every aspect of life, you know, and, and, and like, like me, there's so many times I want to call it quits and I've talked to roughneck about it. I'm like, I'm like, I'm good with God. I've, I've done, I've done yeah. everything I've ever wanted to do in my life. Even if it was for a little while, you know, even if it was for a short right. time, I mean, I mean, I, I, I toured the world with rock bands, you know, I was, I was, I was a little street hoodlum. So I got to do all the wrong things. <laughs> you know, I joined right, the military. Right. I've saved lives. I've freaking went, uh, been to war, been to the front lines, been a border patrol agent, been in gunfights. I've raced cars, snowmobiles, jet skis, boats. You know, I mean, I've, I've done, I mean, even being a federal agent, even if it was for a short time, I was a federal agent, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm straight with God. And when, when his time, comes for me then i'm i'm ready but sometimes i really want to accelerate i'm like you know what i'm just yeah. fucking done you know yeah. and 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 it's yeah. it, and it's not that i'm it's not that i'm that i want to it's just like i'm good <laughs> you know i'm good yeah. and it's scary to think how many people think like that but act upon it you know yeah, act yeah. Upon it. see because my my thing here is is Roughnecks already threatened my ass that if I do anything stupid that he's gonna come at. <laughs> so many people said they will dig my ass up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? But but yeah, but you know, I I've, I've I have a focus point. You know, I have a focus point, but a, a lot of guys just don't have that, and that's what we find in each other. You know, and and I always say I don't I don't have any I don't have any like really close family. I got family. I got all my bros and all that, but. I got a, I got a cousin in Florida. I got some cousins in Puerto Rico, but my mom passed away. My son don't talk to me, and I I'm literally all alone, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but I know that I've got people out there that care about me. Freaking guys from Warfighter Tobacco, Coffee Cat, you know, just you know the guys from BRCC. They're all close friends of mine, and um and and you know other people that that I'm failing to mention because the list is just too damn long. You know, Yo, yeah. Still, yeah. And, 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 and I know that I know I have somewhere to turn, but some people just don't feel it that way, which is why we need organizations like yours, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. And so, so one of the, you know, sometimes people are calling and they'll say, Jeremy, you know, what, what's the, what's the formula to, uh, to what you're doing? I'm like, um, number one, God, right. He's in control, but all we do is I want veterans and first responders, right. To, to not know what they, they want to do on a Tuesday night because there's so many things to do. We created so many things to do that they don't, because we keep people busy, right? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of organizations that will have one event and then it's like, okay, we'll see you next time we do this next year. But like, you may, yep. you may come to, you may come to our farm on Saturday, learn how to, how to work horses in a round pen. And then on Tuesday, you might be at the range. Uh, and then on, and then on Thursday, you know, you might be at a ball game. And so when we, when we create this scenario, people become closer. Right. And, and for like me, like I don't have a lot of close family anymore either. Uh, and family doesn't have to be blood. Like we know that. Um, so, you know, all we've done really is try to create that connection uh, to where people have people, whether it's their immediate family, which we hope for, or whether it's just like, like what we're talking about, our brothers who are close to us, and we create that opportunity for them so they never feel alone. And then if they are alone, they got a thousand numbers. They got a big list like you where they can call, <laughs> you know, so many people. And, and even if it's just a dude that says, don't be stupid. Right. How That's super effective. Don't be stupid and kill yourself. Right. That is super effective. You don't have to have a PhD. And that's what I try to explain right. to some of these people. Sometimes the PhDs don't like that because they went to school and they've done their chores and they've, they, they, they paid all this money. Job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They pay- <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry you paid all that money. It's still cool what you did, but, but <laughs> yeah. you, you guys ain't you guys aren't the only ones who know how to help somebody, right? So we're right. all responsible to help somebody, in my opinion, and I think we're all capable to do it. And we've been sitting here talking show about, up, 
And we've been sitting here talking about how we are, you know, veterans and, you know, and, and we, we've talked about, you know, the battlefield and everything, but you go yeah. beyond that, don't you? You go to first responders as well. Yeah, man. Um, you know, especially, you know, the region I'm in. So I live near Louisville, Kentucky, and I'm sure you all know the whole story with Brianna Taylor. And uh, it, it's been a mess here, man, for, for the last couple of years. And, uh, and, and I have, a, so there's a lot of folks in our organization who are members who are also law enforcement officers. And not just law enforcement, but fire, EMS too, but um, who have been working around the clock with these protests and, you know, trying to be disciplined while people are spitting on you and throwing things at you. And, and what I recognized is, you know, you know, as, as military folks, we go, we get, we deploy, you know, I spent 16 months in Iraq, I come home uh, and, it, and it sucked, but, you know, first responders deploy every day. Right. Right. And there isn't, there isn't as many programs out there specifically for them. Now we've always been like, Hey, come on, man, we love you. But we officially made that announcement this year because man, I'm just so thankful that we have people out there that carries the torch, people out there right. that are ready to do what they need to do for people they don't know. And so we're all a big family. You know, they do it in the, they deploy in the community. We deploy across the pond and other places, but we're all, we all have the same heart to serve and to protect uh, and to give. And so we just, we just bring it all together. And it's been really good to watch even the first responders who haven't served uh, to watch them feel so much at home with, with vets and vice versa. We have so much more in common than we think, you know, so it's been really, really cool to watch. Yeah, because we always make fun of the hose draggers for some reason because, you know, that's what they're there for. <laughs> but they see shit all the time. They see a lot more shit than most people see in a lifetime, you know, but they still drag hoses. But um, so do you have chapters across the U.S. or is it just yours in Kentucky or how's that work? How does somebody get hold of you? How does somebody get hold of Veterans Club if they need help? Yeah, so we, we are getting ready to start uh, a chapter in Charleston, South Carolina. Actually, we're going to start uh, one of our equine facilities down there. Uh, our goal is to be in every state. Uh, we're talking with uh, Georgia right now as well. Uh, but they can get a hold of us, our website, veteransclubinc.org. And uh, it's so interactive. We spend a ton of money. Um, <laughs> spend I'll be a ton of money that making right that. Here. That's why I'm going like that. It'll be right here. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, so veteransclubinc.org. It's interactive. All of our events, everything you need to know about us uh, is on that website. And we don't just help folks in Kentucky. It's important to know that we help folks around the country. Uh, we just happen to be, we got to be based somewhere, right? So we're based here for now. We are designing chapters. We are bringing in partners. Uh, we have over 34 partners and different agencies that help us. But uh, they can also get a hold of us on, on social media, right? Uh, they can send us an email at info at veteransclubinc.org. And, uh, man, I would love for anybody who needs anything. Uh, and if we can't do it, we know people who can, and that's important too. We're, we're going to figure it out together. Uh, so give us a call. Look us up. Send us an email. Get connected with us. It doesn't matter whether you're in California or you're, you're in Louisiana. We're, we're here for you. So, And if you're listening to the podcast and, and for some reason you can't find them, get hold of me. I'll put you in touch with Jeremy. Appreciate sure. that. So, 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 you know, we, we've also got this type of veteran that, uh, you know, that, that, that suffers from, you know, the battlefield, but there's this other type of veteran that just can't help it and just wants to go back, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just wants to go back, you know, like, like we were talking uh, earlier about, about Chad going back to Ukraine and, and, and Tim Kennedy and all these other veteran organizations that just going back to help on the battlefield in Ukraine and help with, you know, rescuing people in Afghanistan and the things that they do is just amazing as well. Yeah, you know, uh, when, when everything was, you know, what I consider the worst, the worst exit uh, that could have ever possibly happened out of Afghanistan happened. Um, you know, the State Department, they were, they were froze, paralyzed. They, they, they wouldn't do anything. You know, we had, and it's not just the Americans that we left behind, but you have, you have allies uh, that live, that, that are, are, Afghan, are from Afghanistan who knew once they once they decided to work with us that they had a target on their back, right? But they still did it. They still did it. And then all of a sudden, they get left behind. And so I know, you know, Chad and those guys. Um, and doxed. Yeah, yeah. And doxed. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and doxed. And so they wanted to go get them. And, uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a perfect example of how we sometimes can't wait uh, for, the, for the government We've never been able to depend on them, really. But to nope. wait for the government to, 
to, to, to act. And so these guys decided they was going to use all these skills that, that the government paid a ton of money to teach them. And they were going to get together and they were going to go make it happen. And they did. There was thousands and thousands of yep. people they brought home from Afghanistan. And then, you know, th that come to pass. And there's probably still, I think there's still a uh, hundred or so folks over there that need to come um, that we just know about, right. There's right. unofficial numbers, but then Ukraine pops off and, and uh, you know, that the same thing. Right. right. So, so America, America is going, Hey, we, we want you to be part of NATO. Uh, we don't want you to be a part of Russia and Ukraine's going, okay. So they say no Russia. And then all of a sudden Russia comes over and we're like, Oh, we can't do nothing. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? We just, we just basically ghosted them. And, uh, <laughs> and so one, one of the biggest, one of the biggest needs that they had was medical, right? That's one of the biggest issues that they're having over there. So, so, you know, save our allies, they get together, they go over there and they, they, they raise a bunch of money. They go boots on ground for over a month and they provide, you know, medical uh, treatment and, and uh, supplies for the folks that need it over there. But, uh, man, you know, you know, Putin's a madman. We know that, right? Yes. Like, yes. We, we know he's a madman. And um, I know that we're waiting. I know that, that our president uh, has said if if one boot gets over in NATO area that it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, but that's I, it. We, we should already, we should already be doing a little bit more in my opinion. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be boots on ground uh, with our military, but send some, 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 some uh, planes over, right? right? Send I mean, some do uh, do attack helicopters. Do yeah. And, and that's all they, yeah. And that's all they said they wanted, right? They just said, we don't really want people to help us fight. We just want the supplies to fight. Right. Exactly. We're okay with fighting. And, uh, but what I think is really cool, man, I think it's iconic. I don't think it'll ever, uh, ever be forgotten is uh, when Zelensky said, I don't need a ride. <laughs> I, <laughs> need know yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need some ammo. They asked him to exactly. evacuate. They gave him the option to evacuate. Yeah, that was ballsy. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and you yeah. know what, dude, on, on, honestly, I, personally, you know, I think Zelensky's doing a great job, you know, whatnot. But overall, I say fuck the Ukraine government, too, because they're in bed with freaking the Biden crime. Family, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. but but in this time that's happening now, they are standing up, you know, forget their business deals, their, their raunchy business deals and all this shit. Every, every government's corrupt and we know that, you know, but, um, including ours, including ours. Yeah. But, uh, but what they're doing now, you know, fighting for the country. I mean, the fact that he hasn't ran and they haven't killed him yet is fucking amazing. You know? Yeah. And, and, well, you know, I, I was talking that. over, I was talking over with my buddy, Mikey, uh, Hoodigan, Mikey, about the other day, I said, Dude, what do you think that would happen if it were here? He goes, well, first of all, they wouldn't even come to Texas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they wouldn't even come to Texas. And it, it came, it, the, the fact came up that the United States, we are like the biggest ununiformed army in the fucking world. You know, Amen. Oh, if, you, if you've got, if you've got 80 year olds and four, everywhere, everybody from 14 to 80 years old fighting for their country over their civilians, that have never touched Parliament. That have never touched a gun. You know, you you imagine giving Chuck Schumer an, a freaking M4 and being like, hey, <laughs> you know, the fucking idiot. You know, but <laughs> the, the fact remains that here in the United States, we have so many people because of the Second Amendment that that pack that pack firearms. Yeah. And the fact remains that those people are kicking Russia's ass, and they had to be taught how to use an AK-47. You know how yeah. Americans train us to us to a people. You know how we train. We train more than cops. We train more. Technically, we train more than the regular military, you know, excluding oh, yeah. forces and seals, you know, excluding SOF. But, you know, we train on a regular basis just because we enjoy it. And can you imagine freaking Russia trying to do that here or, or Mexico or, or Canada or some other country trying to invade the United States? It would. It, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, they, they yeah, it's, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think Russia was prepared for the, the, uh, upgrade they right. got in weapons when <laughs> they mean, got the javelins. By upgrade, do you mean the fucking ass kicking that they got? <laughs> they <weren't doing laughs> but, but just think of the shoulder fired stuff that they got. Right. You know what I mean? They got oh. billions and billions of dollars of, of yeah. high technology stuff yeah. that Russia wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Well, my, my grandpa would always say it's not the size of the of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog, right? And I think that. I think yeah, Russia, yeah. 
Russia's being humbled right now, but but it's the same reason why Japan didn't invade uh, and, and they did what they did at Pearl Harbor because you know they knew that, that there were seven hundred some million guns in this country. Yep. And uh, and, and we and, and we used them. Yeah, even back then. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't I don't worry that that'll ever be the case. I think if if something like that ever come across our border, it would probably be somewhere in the nuclear uh, yep. you know scenario sure. because I. But but man, you're you're right. People say, well, well, Jeremy, why you know why are you so pro Ukraine? Like uh, they have a, they have a corrupt government. I said, have you ever heard of the Biden administration? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yep. yep. Like <laughs> so, Jeremy, stop. So so we we came up with this theory, right? This and this is how it's going to work, right? If they were if Russia were to attack, they probably come from the West Coast, right? So they <laughs> they invade California, right? So that we don't think they get. San Diego, because you know you got SEALs, nah. Marines, Coronado, all that shit, right? And then another, right, right. You, you you got the Bloods, the Grape Street Crips, and all them motherfuckers, right? That they take care of their own, <laughs> right? But everything north of that, you know, other than it'll be San Francisco, right? <laughs> other, other than San Francisco with the Hell's Angels, because that's all they got. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. That's all they got. you know, so we figured that. We'll let them invade California for two weeks, clear out all the fucking garbage. Then we'd be like, don't worry, Texas is coming. <laughs> you know? <laughs> then we They're go, on the way. Then we go up and set up a Texas flag, and all of a sudden, Texas has a beach. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> Texas has a beach. Dude, that's not a beach. Stop it. Yeah, they're, they're just going to bypass Texas. They, they don't, they don't the want Gulf their of Mexico, The Gulf of Mexico in Texas is not the Gulf of Mexico in Florida. Let me tell you that. Okay. Man, one, okay. Thing I learned, one thing I learned about Texas is there's more Texas flags flying than American flags, I believe. That's, that's one of the, the proudest states I've ever been to. Uh, yeah. Everybody's truck. Everybody's truck has a flag, and if it don't, then you're probably not from there. You know exactly, what I mean? So. You just moved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right right i mean you know people get texas tattoos and shit i mean when, when was the last time you saw somebody with a tattoo in new jersey <laughs> i mean not unless jersey, they lost the bet <laughs> new jersey looks like a penis to begin with but you know <laughs> wait 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 a second hold on wait hold on uh-oh what we got he's got a map of long island okay he's a flint you know, so and exactly the same. My son's a flid too. You know what a flid is, Jeremy? I do not. What is it? Tell him what a flid is. There, um, roughneck. A fucking Long Island douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look it up in Urban Dictionary. It's there. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, us in the city called Long Island people flids because they were fucking Long Island douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just uh, it's it's. The world's upside down, bro. And I know we just made light of a bunch of stuff because we had to make some people laugh. But, you know, veteran suicide, first responder suicide is a real thing, man. And and, you know, we do what we can to to prevent it. You know, we do what we can. Me me and Roughneck been there for each other several times. You know, amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, when we don't hear each when we don't hear from each other, it's always like, dude, you okay? Because I know how you think. (laughs) And (laughs) it's that. It's that three-word text. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, man, it, it, it's 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 good, man. I call it, you know, uh, you got a cornerman, right? We had, we're, we're, you know, the, the the world is a battleground, right? Not a playground. And uh, exactly. you're in the fight. You're, you're in a fight. You got to have cornermen uh, on your corner to to give you some advice to, to to keep you straight. And so we all need them, man. And uh, that's one thing that really focus on. You know, I hope I hope that uh, as we continue to grow and we get connected into to, to more opportunity to, to, to build a bigger platform. I know we're, we're currently filming. Uh, we, well, we just filmed a teaser trailer for a documentary um, to, to be on Netflix and Amazon about what we do. Uh, we, did, we did a History Channel thing on Veterans Day, but we just need to get the message out there. And, and uh, any other organization who has heard this or, or anybody part of an organization who, who hears this and says, man, we need to do that where I'm at, I, I need them to contact me. We want to collaborate right. with as many people as possible. I'm not we, there's no egos here. Like, I don't want to be the only guy doing things. Like let's, 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 let's collaborate and I will help them any way I can, because man, if we can, if we can take care of each other, I think, I think take the whole military law enforcement out of it, just as people, if we would just take care of each other, the second command, love our neighbor, all this stuff goes away. Right. I mean, we just don't have it, none of it. So 
and it's it's very easy but we have all these egos uh that we have to deal with and pride and we have hurts we have pain we have trauma we have uh but we need to be we need to be able to we need to be able to talk about our trauma more you know the military tells you suck it up drive on right drink water shut up you know yep. uh that serves us in combat that that that's probably saved my life many a times but if you look at the percentage of time you're in a in a combat environment whether it's on the streets or in the desert, um, it's very small in comparison to when you're not, and it doesn't serve us when we're not. So then we have this chip, and then these people try to help us. We push them away because it's like, I'm good. I don't need nothing. I stand on my own two feet, and no one were breaking inside. And so then they're like, right. they're like, okay, well, Jeremy don't need anything. So then you're alone again. So we just got to do better about just being real and saying, man, you know, I'm hurting today. You know, uh, there's nothing. There's the hardest nothing thing to do. That. Yeah, yeah. I, because it's looked at as weakness. But man, I think that's the, I think that's harder than trying to be tough. Man, it's hard. It's hard to say I'm sad, right? It's hard for a dude to go, man. Yeah. I'm 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 sad. I I, I want to cry, right? Like, Especially but, when but you're man, dealing with alpha males, Jeremy. Yeah, when you're dealing absolutely. with alpha males from the military, man, that you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for it an is. alpha male to come out and be like, uh, yeah, man. Today's a rainy day. I don't think things are going in the right direction. Yeah. And, and and I've been there, you know, and, and and before I uh before I went to prison, I you know, I I was in the Coast Guard for nine years, did a lot of law enforcement, uh drug enforcement, search and rescue, and then I was a border patrol agent and forget about it, man. It, it, it was apprehensions all of the time. And then when I found myself literally facing prison time for doing my job, you know, I, I hung out my my circle was law enforcement. And they all yeah. told me, they're like, dude, you know. We'll still be here when you get out. I'm still going to be patrolling these streets. He's still going to be on bike patrol. You know, he's still going to be <laughs> right. we're all going to be here when you get back, you know, and, and they were, yeah. and they were, you know, and it's just, you know, that that's what the circle is. And, but the, the hard part is to get people to reach out when they need it, because a lot of times they yeah. don't think they need it and it just sneaks up on them. And then next thing you know, forget about it. You know, you're going to a funeral. Too, yeah. Too late. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Man, it, it's it's one of the best things that I think we do uh, in 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 uh, whether it's law enforcement or military. The best thing that we do is I think we set the example on how to really take care of each other, and it and it and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you come from. You get thrown in this room with sixty people from all over the world. You got you got nine weeks to figure it out to become a team, and then and then it doesn't even matter. None of that even matters anymore, man. And I think I think we can teach a lot of these other organizations and agencies out in the world, how to do that. You know, right. why, why are these people not asking the military and, and, uh, and, and law enforcement uh, about, you know, some of the, the, the diversity and things that, that, that they're struggling to figure out. Here's what you do. You, you throw 60 people from all different walks of life in a, in a, in a, in a room for, for nine weeks and, and let them figure it out. Yep. You know? and, That's and, it. And, 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 but the, the other part of that is I have yet to be able to find the same authentic relationships with someone outside of our community than I have with the folks in our community. You just can't find it anymore. Everything's so conditional. It's all about opportunistic opportunities. It's all about what yeah. can you do for me today? So that's what that's so, what's so special about us, man, is that we have these level of bonds that can't be replicated anywhere. And, and that's a, that's a blessing. I believe it. I agree. I, I, I agree with you 100%, brother. But you know what, Jeremy? Guess what time it is? We're just about out of time. Hey, can we talk about one more right. thing? Yeah, well, actually, we can. We got we got a little bit of time because I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so go ahead. Talk. I, want, I want to talk about Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. Well, that shit was about, hilarious. Talking about cornerman, you think Chris Rock could have used a cornerman at that moment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a 45. I, yeah. You know, yeah, and a 45. <laughs> Dude, I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. Since, since since you wrote it up, we're going to have to. So go ahead. So the big thing across the internet is pe some people saying it was fake. Some people saying it was authentic. Okay. I think it was authentic. I think he went up there, you know, saw, saw, saw I, her face, went up there and slapped the taste out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and, and I agree. I, you know, the only reason I think it might have been authentic is because of the reaction of Chris Rock. Cause he was, he held back. He was, he was perturbed, bro. He lucky. You know, <laughs> Will Smith fucked his ass up. <laughs> you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think Will Smith was wrong, but in a fight, freaking like Chris Will Smith, freaking rock his ass is what he do. 
Yeah, but Chris Rock could have just knocked him right out of whatever. Oh, yeah, it would be, it would with with a joke, like, with, with a, a joke about his marriage, with a joke <laughs> about his marriage. You know, oh, you're going to come up here and slap me for a joke. But, you know, you could have a relationship with your wife and bang your wife in the same house you're living in. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. He could have he said you should be mad at this guy. Right. Another guy. <laughs> the guy at the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's that's who you should have smacked. But no, man, I think, you know, I understand. I understand, like, wanting to defend your, your wife, man. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm married oh, and I would, defend my, I would defend my wife. But, you know, uh, one thing that I've learned is you, you can't be so sensitive uh, to what someone says, man, because we can't control that. Now, if you physically try to hurt my wife. Oh, then I think, no. Right. But, Jeremy, but what he said wasn't that bad. I mean, I mean, who, who, I care, who cares what this guy says, right? Like, right, but it, at the end it, of the day, right. yeah. He was he just roasted another couple right right before that. I right. Mean, you know, it, it's it, he's, he's a comedian. Say, he, he what he does. He <laughs> oh, is he? I thought he, he was a boxer. Anything, <laughs> he didn't say anything sexual. He didn't say anything derogative. He didn't say anything bad. He was like, Gia Jane too. Can't wait to see it. The fuck's wrong with that? She she has a bald head. I mean, you know, I don't think he was making fun of her medical condition or anything. I mean, he says no, he didn't no. know. But still, I mean, what? There's no maliciousness uh, behind uh, the, that. Uh, people and, before this, G.I. Jane was a. We're making fun of yeah. marriage. It's a badass and movie. G. I, yeah, G.I. Jane, Jane was a badass. That's a compliment. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Uh, you know? Maybe he should have called the Grace Jones. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been no win over. Dude, but not, but not, I, not nothing. But I think, I think, what, what, and if it was stage, that's some whole shit too, because you know what? It just made Will yeah. Smith bad, you know. Yeah. So either, yeah. Which, either which way, Will Smith sucks to me now, you know. And I liked Will yeah. Smith. I thought he was a freaking amazing. He's he's definitely an amazing actor. He's, you know, he's uh, he's been around for so long. He's been a lifestyle now, you know. But that's what happens with these elite. They get into this thing, and it's like you know, my shit don't stink, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, back in the day, I would have been praising him. I would have been yeah. like, that's what I'm talking about. Should have hit him hard. You know, not for nothing, had he said something sexual yeah. or, or something really yeah. derogatory, that's a whole different right. story. You know, yeah. I don't know yeah. if there's nothing too, but for what he said, it, I, don't, I, I don't think he did anything wrong. So I think right now he's an asshole and his wife's still a hoe. So. Now, the reason, <laughs> yeah. the reason why I believe that it wasn't staged and it's real So is, come back me, Will Smith. I'd like to see that. It, yeah, I'd like to yeah, see that yeah. too. Is when his lip was quivering and he was screaming, keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Like he like emphasized it, like yeah. you know, from from the hood, Gary. When yeah. you when you hear brother talking like that, you're like, Oh, somebody's getting fucked up. <laughs> I, and, and what and one of my other thoughts was was how long I mean, at what point during that long walk up there did Chris Rock decide that he wasn't gonna try to get in a defensive position? Right. Like, <laughs> like how how, how how close are you gonna let him get to you uh, before you decide to try to prepare yourself? But but you gotta, I wasn't prepared for that. But you got <laughs> Will, uh, Will Smith. He he's an action he's an action hero, right? Yeah yeah. Chris Rock, he's a, a crackhead. Junkie. He's a junkie in New Jack City. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, nailed he, it. Yeah, I mean either either which way. I mean it's just. But I, I do have to say one thing. Two memes that made me fucking laugh out loud. All right. Yeah. Was you know the whole the whole smacking meme, right? When it said Jesse right. Smollett and Jesse Smollett. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was the Batman and Robin one. You know the Batman and Robin one, <laughs> where it had their faces on it. Dude, that was I, I lost my shit on that one, man. The, oh. I think the funniest one that I found that takes the cake is when they posted up. It said. You, everybody just gotta leave Jada alone. And it was a picture of uh, Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, man. I saw that. I don't know what kind of suit he was wearing or whatever. I had to do a double take. I'm like, is that her? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny shit right there. But dude, you know what time it is, right? Jeremy, thank you. But yeah, yeah absolutely, man. 
Oh, no. Well, that concludes this episode of the Gary Brugman podcast. Please like and subscribe on social media. I'm your man's big daddy roughneck saying stay frosty and always watch your six. I just want to thank you for spending another hour with me, TJ, my brother, Jeremy Harrell. Don't forget, check it out. It's veteransclubinc.org. Veteransclubinc.org. That's where you can find them. If you need help, reach out. Don't don't waste time. We're, everybody's here for you. We all love you. I don't even know you, and I love you. So until next time, stay safe, stay vigilant, be savage. God bless y'all. God bless Texas, and God bless America. Peace.